Welcome back, everyone. This is Enter the Apex. This is our second episode. We told you we'd be back. I'm Garrett Weinzerl. I'm here, as always, with Kyle Ferguson. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Garrett. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. <laughs> Learning the game. I uh, I did the, the self-torturous thing of hot drop, hot drop, hot drop for four hours straight yesterday just to get it. You know, I can get second place. I can get some first hiding out, you know, but I uh, got to learn the got to learn the tough stuff. Just got to force yourself to learn how to shoot better. And that's the best way oh, to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like T-Rex. I don't want to get carried. I want to hunt and I want to win. On my own skills. I mean, that's Jurassic Park, right? I think we found out after the fact that T-Rexes were indeed kind of more scavengers, but whatever. Yeah, they're scavengers. It's kind of, they actually do hide and eat food, so... <laughs> yeah, but the problem is that T-Rex didn't have any parents to teach him how to play, nor did he have maybe previous T-Rex lives where he played his other Velociraptors and mm-hmm. stuff. So he became a T-Rex suddenly uh, for his very first Battle Royale. And that's where the analogy falls apart, because this is my first Battle Royale, damn it. And I haven't played shooters since Halo 2, and I'm loving it, which is why I was like, damn, let's do a show. But uh, it's it's an uphill battle. I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying documenting your learning process, Kyle. Uh, that other voice you heard today is our, our first guest on the second ever episode of this freaking podcast. Uh, you you may know him from Here's a Storm, uh, maybe just because he has an awesome stream where he streams all sorts of games. Trixler is here. How are you doing, sir? Dude, I am doing great. Uh, the moment that I saw you guys talking about this on Twitter, I was like, get me in on that action because I've always wanted to talk about video games with you guys. Because uh, I just love how you say words, man. It makes me happy. So <laughs> I'm glad to be here and I'm happy to talk about this shooter, man. This this VR game is absolutely fantastic. And uh, let's just bill about it, man. Let's talk. Yeah, dude. So so how are you? How are you liking Apex? Like uh, probably a little too much, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I run a full-time variety stream as you were talking about earlier. And, uh, I just stopped doing content for a week just to play this game all day, every day on my morning stream, on my night stream. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Halo three, Halo two, a little bit in terms of like time to kill, uh, and the gunplay. So I, it just jumped in cause I used to play Halo back in the day, uh, semi-professionally. So I just love it. I can't stop playing it and I am going to have to learn how to not be an addict because uh, I may kind of hurt myself playing too much to be honest yep i can i can see that as well i mean kyle and i had all these grand plans we're like yeah we're starting a a general youtube we're gonna put out videos about different games and and stretch our wings and then we're like hey is the only thing you played besides your blizzard game of choice this week uh apex legends yeah yeah Yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. let's start a show (laughs) i guess this is happening so have you uh so you, i i love that so many folks are referencing halo in, in regards yeah. to this game but have you played other other battle royales or is this your are you like kyle and this is your first battle royale no i've played every single battle royale uh i usually go through a phase where i enjoy them for a good one to two weeks and i just spam them constantly and then i kind of just drop them a little bit um but i think my first battle royale was h1z1 and i still to this day think that h1z1 was a better game than PUBG. I think people Ooh. were just tired of H1Z1 and picked up PUBG and we lost players because BRs need players. Like they need people that suck, that are good, that are all over the place. So you can run different strategies. Uh, the moment they lose population, it becomes just try hard city and you just kind of fall off the wagon. That kind of happened with uh, Battle Right as well. Um, so this is my next BR in the line, but this one seems to have some longevity to it. And if the map that is going to be happening here, the roadmap actually has anything of truth to it, I feel like Apex can be around for a while. I mean, if, if, if you're going to, you know, hit up your graphic designer on the team and be like, hey, you need to make a graphic for this roadmap. I, I, I think they I think they're going to try and stick to that. It is now in yeah. stone. It is now in an easily shareable image. 
uh, we're going to, I feel like the players will remind them if they don't hit these marks. Oh, they will. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, H1Z1. I, I guess that means DayZ was my first battle royale. I never think of it as one, but mm. it is at the end of the day. But yeah, I was a, I was a PUBG. Uh, still, still am to a certain degree. Wait, you still play PUBG? Yeah, a little bit. Not since this I game came out. I don't think I'm on this podcast but... anymore. I'm sorry. I'm a hater. I, hate <laughs> I love PUBG. I love how weird it is. <laughs> But uh, I definitely, I definitely prefer Apex Legends for sure. But let's uh, let's talk about what has kind of happened in the news for Apex Legends since our first episode. Uh, first of all, is that last week the uh, the CEO of Respawn, Vince Zampella, <laughs> informed us that the game now has twenty five million players. It's a couple. Yeah, yeah. It's a little. Uh, it's doing a little well. And it was like just a few days after I think they reported seven million. So the the crescendo came on fast. Word of mouth is uh, really strong with this game, and that will get your players and other players jumping into it. Uh, good. I'm happy for them. I feel like Respawn has been a pretty good developer. Uh, I don't know if you guys play Titanfall and Titanfall Two. Titanfall I, Two in I particular did. had a wonderful story that people just kind of glossed over. It had beautiful multiplayer. It's just one, it was a, a game that for some reason didn't get picked up. I think it's because it was on the EA client and also because it was released around the same time as a Call of Duty. Um, so them coming out with this BR and showing what they are capable of and that they can put out a good package was needed uh, for that development company, I think. Just kind of give them that that swing of like, hey, you guys make fucking awesome games. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss here. Uh, you make awesome games. Uh, so we want to play them. And I'm glad that this game is successful. Cause I think Titanfall two is becoming successful now because of it. More players are actually playing that game too. Uh, so good for them, man. Uh, kudos and keep it up guys. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know Kyle, you uh, at, at, via my suggestion that, you know, if you haven't played a shooter in a while and you're trying to learn the guns in apex, you should probably just go try out Titanfall. Uh, I know you've been playing through. Have you finished the uh, campaign? No, but every time I pick up some weapon that's really campaign cool, like shoots little mini missiles or grenades, I'm like, nope, nope, where's that one I know? Ah, okay, here ah. we go. <laughs> 2020, yeah, let's learn how to use this. Okay. Uh, no Mozambique, though, yet. So uh, that, that's a punishment reserved only for Apex. <laughs> <laughs> it is a punishment, isn't it? <laughs> it I, I like to see it as a challenge to a hot drop. Well, that's all I got. Let's make it work. And then you go to the next lobby within 10 seconds because that gun does nothing. Probably. Probably. Or, so you, or you got real lucky with who you got matched up against yeah. and their ability to aim. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Apex Legends data miners have been hard at work on this game. I feel like every time I turn on Twitter, I'm seeing something new leaked from from Apex. And I'm, I, I was wondering with the very first leak, which Kyle, you and I talked about last week with the solo and duo modes that were, were data mined. I'm wondering like how much of this is just left over from development of this game and if any of it is planned to come in the future. I'm sure some of it will, but I don't know. Um, but since the solo and duo mode uh, data mine, also a new mode called survival mode was data mined. And there, you, know, you can only glean so much from the strings that are getting posted. So we don't really know what makes the mode unique, but... Uh, and like an NPC crowd that cheers and boos for players and like NPC voiceover commentators uh, were data mined out of this mode. Sounds oh, kind you of could a... totally see that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, they got the TV not... thing going on. You know, they could easily have put that in and then they realized, wait, footprints, uh, steps are kind of important. Like also hearing gunfire over the ridge. Let's remove this for now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I just the first thing I think of is Smash Brothers. I mean, it doesn't have commentators, but it has the uh, you know the kind of crowd cheering and whatnot going on in that game. Uh, but it's it's tied to a different mode called Survival Mode. So I don't I don't know I don't know what you would do to make it unique uh, and also not a detriment to your playstyle that you had all this uh, extraneous sound happening in the background. I think it would be awesome if they did have like a versus AI mode or versus NPC mode or some kind of challenge where you're facing off against. Um, AI controlled just because there is a player base out there that wants to only kind of casually play this game, right? And it is a hardcore game when you think about it, especially after more people learn. Uh, I know for Heroes in particular, when I used to work on the team for communications, uh, I knew that like 20 to 40% of the player base for Heroes of Storm actually played only against AI the entire time. It's, it's a large chunk of a player base that people just kind of want to just relax and play games on a Friday night after they get done with work. So having some NPC type of modes could be a huge benefit for this game i think so i think it just needs uh, something a little more noob friendly for for learning uh, sure. because you know my friends a lot of my friends this is their first battle royale like i'm finally convincing friends to play this game uh you know just because of how freaking good it is but it's it's difficult because it's like yeah sorry i mean it's 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 really no different than something like PUBG, where when i learned i was like well how do i learn to play this game they're like you die you die a lot just drop go 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 yeah it's the same it's the same thing for this game, but you die a lot with friends. <laughs> That's really all it boils down to. Die a lot and get your first chicken dinner. If you can do that, you'll become attached to the game. That's really the rules for finding yourself in a spot where you enjoy it. It's, it's totally true, Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. That I felt like that moved faster, the chicken dinner, because I know plenty of people who are playing this game quite seriously who haven't had their first victory in Apex. Yeah. And chicken dinners were a little more commonplace. What's that? I missed the, the question. The, the chicken dinner seemed a little more commonplace. What yeah. was it? What, in, uh, in, in other games? Game? Are you talking about like in other games? Yeah, to, to win, to win your first battle royale. Maybe because like it's solos and duos, right? So you can kind of run the strategy of hiding the entire time. And this game is very team dependent. And there are mm-hmm. moments we get to late game where if you don't have the extra two people to help you out and you don't know how to shoot, you're going to lose. So I got to agree with that. But I also think there's a larger potential to carry right like i can get two friends i think are pretty good play with a friend that i know isn't very good but at least hey i'll throw you on lifeline you can heal just play safe and i can get them a chicken dinner and that feeling is where that excitement can really get everyone on board to play more and more so i think it's kind of a a double-edged sword it's harder to do if you're a solo player but easier to do if you do queue up with three people yeah i mean we just saw too the the new world record for the most amount of kills in a single game. Uh, it was 34. I believe it was like simple name was the guy's name. And he mostly did it with a duo because they had a third that went down very early in the match. If you go and watch the, uh, the video that, <laughs> that they did not make it to his banner in time. So this, this 34 kill record was done in a duo. Um, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of random aspects to all battle royales. Uh, so they, they, you know, they all take that in into account, but it's still a hell of an accomplishment. And I think it's a good illustration of just how you can, you can carry in this game. I'm very interested to see where their first move is in terms of expansion of the available modes, because everybody's watching them right now. And they could easily go, we're king of the world, build a thousand castles that have five people in each. They need to really focus in and make sure they don't divide up their player base too much. Because as Trixler said earlier, you need me. You need me being bad in your game so you can get my Mozambique off me so you can go have a good time versus the good guy later on. And we got to keep everybody in one big pile. I mean, at at its core, that's, that's the entire 
pitch for a battle royale. It's you know, it's it, the name comes from the movie Battle Royale, and it's also Hunger Games is all get at. So you, you know, it's it's you need that you need that skill gap in each game. I think one of the ways they're going to keep player base retained is the classes, right? You give me two different heroes, I'm going to log on and try them no matter what, and I don't care what they do as long as they do something different and make me smile. I'm going to keep playing. Yeah. Um. So that's that's a good regard there. Like I, I think. Right away to League of Legends, right? Like they've been playing on the same map for years, but every time a new character comes out, I'll at least check out a stream or at least be engaged. And that engagement enough will have some people just log on and play. Um, so hopefully they can put out new classes every month, every two months, because that's how you're going to keep people around. I, 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 I'm still kind of crossing my fingers for for new maps. You know, I don't want I don't mm. want them to come fast and furious, but I would like to see one, maybe two a year, uh, just because of how how class-based this this can be um even though it's only really abilities because of the way guns function in this game uh it's it's still i mean we're going to talk about all these tier lists coming out of the woodwork later on in, in the strategy segment um you know the, the 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 heroes sorry legends they only call them heroes sounds too much like overwatch uh, they're freaking heroes uh you know they, they bring so much and you want to you want to pick them for certain reasons um it'd be cool uh, I, I'm looking forward to more maps that are hopefully maybe more claustrophobic, maybe another map that's even more open for long play. You know, uh, that kind of stuff interests me. Claustrophobic just immediately thinks about Caustic, and I would pay anything to have Caustic be usable in this game because <laughs> he has such a hard time in open spaces. He's so situational, but no, I agree with you. I just think it needs to not be overdone, mm-hmm. um, as you were talking about a little bit, just because if you have too many maps flying at you, uh, suddenly, because they're planning to have ranked eventually, right? They've mentioned that before. If you get into rank, suddenly now I want a draft mode. I want to know what my map is before I pick my heroes, and that way I can build out a team composition, and things suddenly becomes a rabbit hole where you're digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And now you're suddenly taking more time out of the game instead of you just jumping in and playing. So I, if maps are coming, maybe one every six months or something would be kind of cool. Um, but just make sure that if they do come in, give me tools to be ready as a player because I want to be able to outsmart my opponent and not kind of be put in a weird spot where I just pick one character and I get thrown into a random map like you do in PUBG right now where... You don't know exactly where you're going to be going. Sorry, I keep hitting on PUBG, but don't attack me, Garrett. It's a great game in its own way. Uh, it would be cool in this game as long as you know the map before you make your selection of character. Yeah, exactly. Be red. Be all for it. <laughs> PUBG is not my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we got links. Uh, head on over to amove.tv slash enter Apex. Find the episode two post if you uh, haven't seen these data mines for yourself. I'll have them all sourced in the show notes. Go down to the bottom and click on it. Uh, Twitch Rivals Apex Legends Challenge has been going on. It'll be happening again tomorrow if you're listening to this right when it comes out on a Tuesday, February 19th over twitch.tv slash play Apex. Uh, but they've already had a, a full a full round of this challenge go down. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, did, Kyle Trixler, did you guys get, a, get to watch the Apex Legends Challenge at all? Kyle, you first. I feel like I've been talking a lot. No, no. no I, well, I think I think they invented the new future of esports broadcasting what a what a cost-cutting activity i mean honestly like it is it's fascinating to see what they did even though they're doing it in this kind of weird broken play your own game and we'll add up the points sort of style they're not all together in one big game they're pulling the individual streams together in one sort of source and then switching around to whichever camera they please at the time which is great for the star power of the people participating in the twitch rivals apex legends challenge but it just must be so much easier when you're at Twitch with the availability to do that. 
rather than setting up the computers. And oh no, he brought his own keyboard and it doesn't work on this. So we got to take an hour break while he fixes his keyboard, everybody. I mean, yeah, when I, when I first tuned in, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, this is a rather ingenious way to run this, especially if you are Twitch leveraging your own your own platform. Uh, it's also kind of nice and relaxing, uh, I think, for, for most of your competitors to be able to play in their own environment and just stream like normal. Um, but that, that I don't think it's necessarily the best way to run a tournament for this. I just think it's a way to run a tournament for Apex. It's incredibly fun to watch and it's great to watch the last hour in particular when you're watching everyone kind of race for those last couple of points and who's going to win i think the last one uh, uh ninja crew barely won by one point thanks to a dizzy carry by the way uh, i was watching shroud something like a shroud fanboy i'm hoping that he was winning the entire thing but he landed in third uh i i do think it takes away from the full competition aspect because they're not facing each other and since they're dropping over a four-hour time span into different lobbies some lobbies, you get the good RNG in the beginning, you find really bad players, and you're just cleaning up and getting lots of kills. Some, not so much, and you have a couple bad games here and there, which is a natural element for BRs. So I'm excited that they have a four-hour window. But at some point, I want to see all these players dropping on the same map and fighting each other, period. I want Ninja versus Shroud. I want to see that moment. I want to see Shroud take out Ninja, and then I'm going to laugh while it all happens, and Ninja defend himself. Like, I want that moment. Um, so hopefully that comes eventually, but for now, for a game that just came out and just for building on top of hype, it's a perfect tournament to watch and you should definitely check it out. Yeah, that's kind of where I ended up as well. It's just that this is, uh, it's fun. It's, uh, relative, I think <laughs> relatively easy to put together. Yeah. Uh, so just get it out there make some entertainment with this, this new game. That's, that's so damn popular. Um, I believe since I think Dr. Disrespect announced that he'd be doing a very similar event, and Shroud, uh, according to Dr. Disrespect, isn't playing in it because he doesn't like the RNG aspect of this format. Yeah, makes sense. It's, it's got to feel bad, too, especially if you fall behind at the beginning, right? Like, you see your opponents get up by 30 to 40 points. You're like, gosh, now I have to catch up and hope I get into a right lobby. Uh, probably annoying. But again, if they can just shake that competitive nerves and just play the fun part of it, it's good for what it is. Same. Yeah. They also made the players go four hours straight and there wasn't any sort of built in breaks that would accommodate you mm. for the points you would lose during that time. So there was some uh, butting heads in that way. And I also wonder, too, like there were there were a lot of names, of course, participating in this, some bigger than others. I wonder how much the star factor had to do with the actual score at the end. Oh, oh, they're in my game. I need to find them. And while they're running across the plains, they get shot by somebody yeah. and go down. Whereas you don't know the name. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'll just hide out. And their game went way longer than one of these top streamer games did. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I would like to say that I'm a big fan of Choco Taco and he got robbed. Lost by one point. Did he get robbed? <laughs> they lost, his team lost by one point. I don't know. Dizzy's insane. Have you watched that guy play the game? That's another part about Twitch Rivals, too, is that someone that's unknown suddenly blows up. And that happened with Dizzy here. Uh, he yeah. is now, I believe his name is Dizzy. He, he's now a guy that's getting 10K viewers per stream, whereas beforehand he could barely get 30, right? Like, it's, it's, it's so awesome for him to be able to launch himself in his career. So that's another great thing about these tournaments and new games coming out is that you have new uh, people that have a spotlight on them and they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also cool that this game forces the, the squad based. Uh, play at least at the moment so trickster do you want like a solo or a duo mode we, we talked about it a little bit last week <laughs> since it was data mined i i don't i don't think so then again uh i'm starting to live heavily by the uh, mantra of i don't know what i want developers give it to me um because you think you know what you want in video games and then you get them and then you love them for the rest of your life right uh i've been doing that with more and more in games lately so i think i would try it and i would play it but this game does feel at home with the three squads just because of how team dependent 
um, you can be. I mean, one of the combos that is out of the gate since day one uh, is you run Bangalore with the smoke, and then you run Bloodhound, right? And then Bloodhound can drop down his ability, his Q, or drop down his ultimate and see people in the smoke. And that's a combination that you can pull off only when you're running with three people. Uh, well, I guess two people. But uh, if you go down to solos, you lose that element, which can be a little annoying, and maybe some characters will become a little bit more OP. In fact, Bloodhound might be better in solos by himself because he can just track down individuals that are weak, right? Like, that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Um, so I don't know if I want it, but I'm down to play if they give it to me. I think they need to be okay with saying, all right, this mode didn't work out and take it away because you don't want to split the player base too much. We talked about that earlier, and that could be an issue if you don't have the population, which is something that they should be concerned about later on down the day. If that 25 million players gets halved all of a sudden, right? That's still a lot of players. <laughs> still a lot of players, true. Uh, I, I feel like we needed asterisks up at all times. All three people currently talking uh, are Heroes of the Storm players. <laughs> so we may be biased towards team-based games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about population getting low and things not feeling too good. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I always have that, that in the back of my mind after playing Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was curious what in-game events was going to look like for this game. And we've had our first one. It's here, the, the Valentine's event. And the answer is uh, pretty light and pretty yeah. Fortnite. There's almost nothing to this event. There's a there's a badge up for grabs when you res another player, so chances are you already have it. And then there's a skin for the longbow and a banner, and both those skins are 1,100 coins each. That's it. That's all there is. I didn't even know there was an event until I read this on the run of show this morning. <laughs> That's I, how little and small it was. I had started these notes last week after we wrapped the first episode and I saw reference to the Valentine's event going to be launching later in the week. And I put a note in here and then I got to the notes today and I'm like, did that ever go live? And I had to Google it and look it up. I'm like, oh, oh, it's in the store. Oh, this is, is kind of lame. Yeah, the reaction has been expensive. Okay, well, we can move from here. They wanted to start high. We'll work them down as a community. <laughs> okay. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> this is just how games work now? That, uh, you it's just, how it is. You set your prices really high because you know the community is going to complain no matter what the price is. And you're going to have to lower it. Go, Hooray, we did it, fam. Oh, my God. The prices are going down because of you at home. Thank you for your feedback. That's called a community <laughs> win. He's on to right. something. It's true. <laughs> Fair fair yeah i've got i have nothing to say about this i don't even like the skin that much <laughs> i mean it's cool we'll get more stuff in the future and hopefully it's things that i care about like i think i think we're all a little spoiled too from fortnite with big events where you know, gosh you have the marshmallow concert i mean we had the day where they had that cube that was floating around for a while and it was like what's going on uh so i think there's a lot of room to play with that space and so this first thing that came out, it's small, but then again, the, the game is still new and I'm still just enjoying the game for what it is. I don't really need a massive event, but I think eventually they'll get around to giving us a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which has also come out, uh, has come out since we last last met on the show, uh, that the that season one begins in March and it also will be introducing the battle pass when it comes. All right. Yeah. What's a battle pass? Uh, Have you not played Fortnite? No, neither. Of oh, yeah, so. it's your first PR. Okay, so in <laughs> Fortnite, it's a thing. Um, I'm a little hazy on this, so if I'm wrong and your viewers know it, feel free to correct us below. Uh, but the idea behind the Battle Pass is that throughout an entire season, you could either not pay money or you could pay money to expedite this process of where you're unlocking things as you play. Um, so you're hitting certain levels. So level one, you might get like a, 
I don't know, like a spray paint or something at level 20, you'll get it like a skin that comes in because you've been playing so much. So the idea is that you play the game and you get rewarded for playing the game and you can push through that and make, you can spend money to be able to unlock stuff without actually playing. So it's a way for the company to make money, but it's also a way to reward the players that are putting a lot of time into the game. Um, and so it changes every season and usually has different themes. Like for Fortnite, there was um, bunny rabbits and stuff that you could get on skins. And then the next season, there was suddenly superhero costumes that you can unlock and superhero themed stuff. Uh, so the idea is to give you something to play for and it brings you back. It's a new season that happens every three to four months. And I'm assuming that's what they're planning to try and replicate here. Yeah, I mean, the, the year one ro- roadmap image that they put out, uh, you know, shows season one beginning in March, season two beginning in June, season three beginning in December, and okay. season four in, de- in December. So, so weapon skins, you got loots, banners, etc. You'll probably unlock all of those after you start with the battle pass and play through all that stuff. So yeah, so, cool. so it's, it looks like each season you're gonna have the battle pass, you're gonna have uh, new legends, new weapons and new loot if I'm if I'm to take this this image literally because each season has four icons and each four icons uh, match up with the battle pass a new legend a new weapon and new loot cool I wonder if you can unlock the legends of the battle pass that'd be awesome instead of just paying for it that would be cool that um, would be kind of cool yeah we're just still we're still waiting on battle pass information you know there's so many ways they could take it and how it could affect you because it also could just maybe speed up how fast you accrue currency to unlock legends with. Yeah, yeah there's, true. there's indirect ways that they could do that as well, but nothing as of yet. But February is speeding by at an alarming pace, so it won't be long before season one gets here. And I still need time to learn how to shoot good. Hold go W. That's all go, I got to do, man. Go be a shark. Hold W. <laughs> Hold W and be a shark. All right. Well, let's get to this week's strategy segment where we're going to mention tier lists and then probably disagree with each other and have a nice nuanced conversation about how tier lists should all be taken with a grain of salt. And these are not written in stone. Well, that's your job because you haven't been streaming. I- I've been streaming some Apex. So tier lists are gods. They are, <laughs> they are, they are commandments from on high that you reference <laughs> so that the Twitch chat argues with itself and not you. That's how you get engagement numbers up. Really, it's smart. That's so how you do it. You're saying that as a streamer, your Bangalore and tier list is your your smoke screen, <laughs> right? Stop exactly. yelling at me. Here's a tier list. Fight amongst yourselves. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know this says it's tier S, so you know that's why I'm picking it. I don't know if it's true or not, but <laughs> I didn't know this is the direction you're going to take it. Kyle with the strats. Just... Look at that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know this was a streaming strategy segment. We're getting real meta here. <laughs> next podcast we'll start tomorrow streaming <laughs> segments and how to make your community get engaged right there tier how, list how do i even podcast i mean this is insane this game's been out for six days uh i mean granted like we've kind of been referencing you know i my last major shooter that i took in a competitive light was halo 2 the idea that i played a campaign for you know two months and then sort of connected some xboxes in someone's house eventually was it's bizarre to see these come so fast, but the internet is a machine these days, and yeah. people's got to know. I mean, dude, we referenced the freaking um, oh god, who was it? I don't even remember now. It was um, we we had a tier list last week, uh, digital trends. I think it was uh, like it was it was uh, there were there were tier lists coming fast and furious, and and don't even get me started on YouTube because you know sometimes I think uh, you just want to be first and not necessarily correct, but. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot now. Uh, there's there's a, a fan bite tier list that I've been seeing get shared a lot. 
Um, you know, and so I figured why don't I take a chance, uh, take a second and talk about it. So the fan bite tier list that came out is about characters. Uh, and they put Bangalore and Lifeline right at the top at tier S. Is, is anyone going to fight uh, on Lifeline? Or, or no, can we all just this agree? seems. That this seems really appropriate. Like Lifeline just busted in general, and I think you're gonna have to make her busted if you want to have a healer and a shooter and a class base game. Uh, just because nobody will play them if they feel even close to underpowered. Like her passive and her ability to res faster, and then of course provide heals that you can now DPS your opponent with if you just stand still is pretty darn nice. And then Bangalore, I think, is correct mostly because of her passive. Like her smoke screen is pretty good, and there's ways to play around it, of course, with the attachments that give you thermal. But Bangalore's ability to just run faster if you are even shot at is ridiculous in this game. You can strafe like no other. You can disengage. You can chase afterwards if you need to. So I, I think I agree with them both being in the S tier list. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully Bangalore in particular gets nerfed because that that movement speed is insane. Yeah. What do you think of her alt with the the mini missiles? Uh, I think the CC is pretty good. I don't think it's being used correctly by a lot of players. They kind of use it as like I need to get kills. Let's just throw it on top of them. Uh, I think it's more of like a wall that you put up in front of you if you need to disengage or of a way to throw behind them if you want to lock them into an area. And in that regard, it's actually really, really strong. If you're looking for kill potential, I actually think uh, Gilbrotter's ult is actually better for that. But sadly, he's not a very good character in this game. So people don't pick him. No, no. He was the first one I, I grabbed because I was like, oh, you have a shield up every time you're aiming. You can put down a Winston shield. What's not the love? Yeah. And uh, I figured if only out. his Winston shield didn't take four seconds to deploy. It's ridiculous. Like you're getting shot at. and You're like, Ugh. shield. It's, yeah. it's so lame. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen any 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 balance tweaks uh, yet because so many games have been locked. You know they're looking at these statistics, right? Like, eh, something's got to be coming soon. I think Shroud mentioned that he's been talking to the devs, and the two things that he did confirm is that Bangalore will be nerfed and that uh, the... Oh my gosh, why is my brain not working? The the pistol... Wingman. The wingman's going to be getting some nerfs. I that, knew it. That is such a broken gun right now. I'm so sad because I'm good with it. <laughs> Because it's good everyone's thing. good with it. <laughs> everyone's good with the wingman. <laughs> everyone's good with it. <laughs> It'll be okay. I, that forty-five damage is a bit much. It is. Yes, I'm not going to argue with that. I just like I'm, I'm not okay. Gonna... I'm okay with the damage and the hit scan. Just lower the uh, amount of shots that you can pull off. Right, like give me three or four instead of the six that you have, or of course the more you get when you get bigger mags. Uh, just because I want you to reload in the middle of a fight, and then I want to be able to punish you if we're in the middle of the open. I like that. That's kind of where my brain's been at as well. Because when I do have my six shots, it feels the most fair. Mm-hmm. And the, the more and more upgraded clips I get, it just seems pretty silly at a certain yeah. point. And then, you know, when it doesn't work, I just switch to my Peacekeeper. We're fine. Oh, gosh. You're all, a god-tier player over here. Look at this good. guy. <laughs> Look at me doing the obvious things. Yeah. Uh, so we're not going to fight on Lifeline. Um, I, I don't think I want to see Lifeline nerfed. I think I just ho- I'm hoping that the next... The first new legend is another support that kind of gives Lifeline a run for her money. I wouldn't mind somebody similar to Ana and Heroes. I know we're going back to Heroes, but someone that gives you an aid or whatever that stops healing. And that could help with Lifeline, right? Like Now suddenly you have a composition where like, okay, they're trying to heal around this area. I'm just going to toss this over. Nobody can get healed up and they have to fan out. And that now splits them up and we can chase them down as a team. I would rather, instead of characters getting nerfed, there being answers naturally in the classes or other characters being buffed. Because I, I just do not like this theme in games where people get nerfed and nerfed and nerfed. And you lose that feel of, I feel like an epic legend, which is what you're trying to go for in this game. Yeah, I, I really like zone control. Um, and I think that ties into what you were talking about, how people should use Bangalore's alt 
Mm. I, w- I would love to see a, kind of an anti-heal zone or a or, or or if you use it on friendlies, you know, an, an up to heal zone that kind of sure. forces you to either move away or or kind of cluster together. So be- you could go shieldy boy, you know, got got someone you got someone for health, you got someone for shields. It could be a similar system. But then would people just take both and then you have a required comp? Yeah. Yeah. You did to be careful with that. Yeah. Uh, across multiple of these tier lists, Wraith and Bloodhound are pretty close to the top, and I'm seeing Wraith bounce in and out of S tier, depending on which list you're looking at. I more or less agree with this. Yeah, Wraith iframes are pretty darn strong in the middle of Firefight, especially if you're counting bullets. Uh, if you realize they're getting towards the end of their clip, you can pop your Wraith uh, passive, or your active, and then jump into a fight and clean them up afterwards, or of course run away. I do think she kind of suffers from running away due to her animation uh, that trails behind her when she goes into her iframes. Um, but the real strength of her is movement on the map. Um, in a way, she's kind of a, a weakened pathfinder because of the portals that you can provide to get your team in and out of the circle if you need to, or of course, just disengage. Um, so I think when people find Pathfinder, who has put C tier on this list, the lowest of lows, yeah, ugh, on the fanbite list, yeah, not a, not yeah on the fanbite list. Uh, I think once Pathfinder becomes a little bit more learned by the community and more people are focused on just playing that character, I think he'll get played a lot. His ability to move around the map. With his team in particular, being able to zip line what every minute and a half is wonderful, and I think that's going to be a niche that really forms as this game gets developed. Yeah, I mean, and his, his personal uh, movement abilities, his Q is mm. is bananas. Like if if if, <laughs> if you want to reposition and, and and really flank, I think there's a lot of carry potential from Pathfinder. I think the reason he's he's, he's ending up fairly consistently consistently on these low tier lists is just because his passive is so bad. Sure. I can see that. I don't know, Kyle. What do you think? You're the Pathfinder main here. I am actually. I think he's adorable, uh, but he does suffer from if you could have a faster dropship come in sort of syndrome. Like you're going to run out of space, and finding out the next area when it's not that important yet isn't that great. And then you're cut out from any scans in the first place, and then you're exposing yourself in a tighter area now on top of a building. You're going to get sniped. That, that passive is cute but requires some sort of tweaking. I think it could just be passive, passive. Like you get in there like, how do I do it? And now there's, there's nodes on top of the building. Oh, I interact with them. Okay. That's not passive. You may, you give me a passive. That's not passive. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't think knowing where the circle goes next is that good or that helpful. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's fine. The, the way that movement, how quickly you can move around this map makes it more or less a non-issue. We've been running it alongside Caustic so that we can get set up in the final zone sooner and get a really good lay of the the gas canisters. Sure. And okay. that's been a decent combination. But I mean, as we mentioned, like Bangalore Bloodhound, there are more effective ways. And Pathfinder is constantly revealing himself, which is one of the big problems. And going alone. I'm gonna zip onto it. Ooh, let's try a zip line. Oh, no one went, went with it. I'm this big target moving across the land. Or I jump on top of a building to get a sweet snipe spot. But Wraith could have brought her team there or Wraith would have done something more active with actually going around the back and shotgunning them instead of being in the sweet sniper nest. Yeah, I think the, the popular way to play right now is just how can you be the most reactive uh, or, or how can you adapt the most on the fly? Because I love, I love your idea of using Pathfinder and Caustic to set up, but the game may not give you that freedom. You may run into multiple groups before you get there, you may get a very poor final circle to even utilize Caustic's abilities. 
Yeah, I think it's a mentality thing too. I mean, you look at Pathfinder and you want to play aggressive and you want to be the person that's kind of leading the charge, but it's not your job as Pathfinder. You're a support. You're supposed to be setting up your two teammates that you have with you who do have the kill potential and the ability to track people down to get in a position to do that. Um, but if you want to hang back and be that supporting ally, why wouldn't you just play Lifeline, right? Here I can give you items, I can constantly use the ultimate accelerants, and I can make sure to heal you, and I can res you if you get in trouble. Pathfinder, I can just zip you into trouble, good luck, and hopefully outshoot them, right? Like It's, <laughs> it's not quite the same. Uh, but I, I still think like there is a strength to him, and people that can aim and can kill are going to use him a little bit more in the future. I, I, I can just feel it, man. I think he's one of those characters that is right in that bubble of being awful or being amazing. He, he's the Yildin, as we talk about heroes, uh, of <laughs> of this game for me. He really is. He, he had, yeah. uh, he, I see him as someone, he's the hero with the fewest crutches. Like the, you, there's not a lot on him. That's going to help you be better. If you're not already good at just securing kills. True. Yeah. Uh, but if you are, and you don't need that, that padded layer, I think you could probably rock with that. That's a good way to put it. Actually. He's, if you're good at getting kills already, he just makes it more fun for you. But do you need to have the extra fun element? Right. Cause killing in itself is fun. Right. Like <laughs> true. And you're just going to constantly, whenever you're playing Pathfinder, outside of his great lines, you're going <laughs> to wish you were someone else. I like, love loot. Yeah, he's adorable. But I'm, I'm getting a firefight and I want to bug out. Oh, I wish I was Mirage. I, I would have done that better there. I want to move my team across. I'm like, man, I kind of wish I was Wraith. Speaking of Mirage, my boy Mirage uh, got robbed here in this tier list, put down all the way in B tier. Uh, Mirage is one should be S tier for his jokes, period. Two for the ability to bamboozle people because I love that word now being used so much. And then three, I think if you actually do want to play aggressive with Mirage, you can because you have a slippery trick or two to get out, especially if you have your ultimate. Uh, granted, it's not true stealth, but the ability to get that movement speed increased to get away from a fight and then let your teammates know where the opposing team is is great because knowledge is always power in this game. And uh, his active ability where he throws out a Mirage of himself gets people to shoot and if they shoot now you know where they're at and now you know how to approach them uh so although he's put in the b tier i think he should at least be a tier because my boy it, it goes beyond that too it's so easy to look at his passives and whatnot and be, oh, but when he goes down he's got a little guy who's who's choking and making a big drama scene of it and people are blowing that mirage away he's and really I'm, good he's good at punishing those bad players right like we need those bad players to shoot at stuff and that passive actually gets people to to shoot and that gives your chance or gives your team a chance to turn the fight around and the number of times now i've actually gotten everybody else while dropping to divert because i've spawned illusions on top of myself and it looks like this area is going to be packed and everyone goes oh no never mind i'm not, I'm not competing with that uh, if it still works for now of course yeah. soon people will be like one guy dropping by himself from that height that ain't right all right, let's just go in. Mirage is the is the character that I feel like when we when we finally get a fan site that has stats, when we finally get access to some <laughs> sort of stats, that Mirage is going to be that character that that is high up in the win rate, even though like the pros probably don't dig him that much. Because I feel like this is a character that if you are an average everyday player, you're gonna you're going to get work done with Mirage, and you're going to be able to capitalize on so so many mistakes uh, that Mirage invites his opponents to make. I could see it. It's going to be like, we're going to just keep saying here's the storm. It's like Lily. You know, everyone's I know, like, Lily's so bad, but she has such a high win rate consistently. We need players from other games on this podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone should play Heroes of the Storm. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you, you were talking about Gilbrotra a little bit. So did you main him for a bit or? No, I immediately got off uh, okay. Gibraltar because I did not like him. 
I, I've been playing him more recently, mostly because everyone says he sucks, and I have a problem where like if people say something sucks, I have to try and make it work. Um, <laughs> so I've been doing that with Gilbrotter, and I do think he has some strengths. Like He actually nullifies a majority of heroics, like uh, Bangalore, um, or even another Gilbrotter ult because of that shield bubble he can put down. Like He can literally throw his ult in and then jump in the middle of it and just stand there and say, if anyone leaves, I'm going to pop out and put some damage out, which is cool. Uh, the problem is he's the size of a barn, and he feels slow, which is weird because everyone in this game has the same movement speed at baseline. Uh, but when he's running, he feels like he's slower, and I don't know if that's because of the animation or what. It's definitely it, the animation. I, I think. Yeah. I, I think I can't. I don't have a source, but I know I saw a developer talking about how, like, replying to a question somewhere of are are there different movement speeds? Like, no, everyone moves exactly the same. It's just the animations mm. that make them feel slower. Because I felt the same way about Caustic. When I when I the first time I played, I'm like, oh my god, he feels so lumbering. But yeah. then I, I noticed that I was keeping up with my friend on Wraith who was running. So I'm like, okay, now it's just the very sluggish arm movements that make uh, Caustic and Gibraltar feel so slow. They're they're not moving any slower. But you're right, they're definitely easier to hit with bullets because they're yeah. giant. They're as big as a barn, or as one of my friends says, uh, as big as my monitor. Like I just get shot the entire time. Um, <laughs> It, but there are some strengths with him, right? Like he's good at holding an area and saying, I own this place, especially if you have the uh, foresight to know that you're about to be jumped on. So playing your shields and playing your all. And there's actually a fun combination if you make Gibraltar and Caustic towards the end of the circle where you throw down your shield and then you just drop down a whole bunch of gas canisters and people just can't, they can't get on you. And if you're in a small circle, you're pretty much going to win that fight. So there are strengths there, but uh, he does feel like he should probably be C tier if there was going to be a C tier. I, I I agree. Same with Caustic as well, uh, except uh, Caustic is the the character that I'm seeing, you know, a lot of hate for, and yet mm. oh, I love him. I love him so much. But I agree. I agree with the negative points that are always levied at Caustic. He's just so situational. He excels greatly in small in in small enclosed environments. If you're doing a lot of interior fights, if you're dying in bunker like I constantly am, you know, Caustic is a great hero to have in these situations. But you find yourself out in the middle of the desert, especially in a final circle, kind of, kind of, kind of feels like you you picked the wrong hero. That's a yikes uh, from me, dog. Yeah, a lot of his bummers are riding from the fact that we figured out that there is a red band on the bottom of the gas canister that if you shoot it deactivates the canister. Yeah, and oops, yeah. Uh, well, guess we'll guess we'll fix that at some point. Yeah, why would you have that? <laughs> I think it's I think it's intended. I think they expected him to be stronger, I I guess. People running into gas canisters more. Um I don't mind that being there. I just if my gas canister goes off then I want some damage, right? Like right now it doesn't do much damage. The main strength is that A it activates and let you know where he's at, and then B it slows him a little bit. Uh so you can chase him down. Um, which isn't the greatest, uh, unless you do drop down at bunker or uh barricade or whatever. Uh just dropping in a place where you have that small space, so and he needs a little bit more love, and I'm not sure where they're going to give it to him, but I, we should expect some kind of buffs at some point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I do feel like it's worth mentioning, since we sort of skipped over him a bit, Bloodhound is a great first character for people who might think this game is boring. Like that, it, It's a loaded statement, but honestly, if you're playing this game for the very first time, and you're like, I don't know, my friend's always telling me to hide, and oh, don't go there, and oh, don't walk, sit still, you can't find enemies in the terrain. Your alt helps with that alone, but being able to see where people were recently, at least if they're moving, is really a comforting factor for looting, because you're going to get guy, you're going to walk through a door and just get blown away. Ah, whoops. Bloodhound just removes a lot of that pressure, and helped me find the fun in the looting part. Yeah, 
He's a good full offensive character because a lot of people when they play these games, they don't think about engagements and how to play around walls and stuff. They just want to hold W and shoot people. And Bloodhound does really fit into that. I think I agree with your analysis there, Kyle. I think if you're new to the game and you want to play somebody new, the people that I would look at is Bloodhound, probably Wraith, and then if you're willing to play passive and loot up a lot, Lifeline. If you pick up those three, you should do fine. I agree entirely. <laughs> the only thing, like the only thing, I'm like I have an aggro, concrete opinion about is that I should never be in a game that doesn't have a lifeline on my squad. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. I'm I'm pretty fluid elsewhere. Uh, you know, I, I I try so hard not not to uh, be the type of gamer that has these very strong opinions. But uh, play lifeline. Just yeah, I mean, it's not so much the heel for me, but there's that point where you're walking and nothing's happening, where you're like. Damn, we could really use a drop. That just sounds nice right now. You know, everything's looted. I could use something purple. I should have been lifeline. She's such a, a team builder. You know, if you're yeah. playing with randos, you don't, you know, you want to make some friends, just like, hey guys, I'm dropping some loot. Come on over. I mean, it goes for that too. Like, it's faster rezzing. Nobody likes rezzing in this game because they feel like they're going to be in trouble, but she gives you a shield while rezzing and it's faster. Like, you can just get people up and get them back on the field. Like, she, literally everything she does is perfect in this game. And something that you need for your team. And she's had such a, a fun, uh, such an interesting social implication as well because of that. The, the shield on her resing and whatnot. Very quickly, I noticed even random players on if they're playing lifeline, someone goes down. If if I'm running up to to res our third, and there's also our, a lifeline, I've heard randos go, "No, nah, I've got them." Like, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. They, I love that they this know is, their job. This is the social contract we have entered into when we pick <laughs> lifeline, and I love it. And. Everyone tries to copy your accent, which is hilarious. Like, your accent makes me laugh so much. It's such a good accent. Yeah. Uh, and nobody can do it. So I don't know. Well, I mean, if, 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 if you're a, a Blizzard fan, uh, you've had a lot of practice if you've done any troll accents. So there you go. Yeah. Because it's there you go. Yeah. How's your Jafakin? There you go. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we talked uh, we talked a little bit about weapons last last week. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much I want to go back into it, especially now that we know uh, it sounds like uh, Wingman. They're they're coming for you, but they got to be coming for the peacekeeper too, right? There's there's no way that if we get our first balance update and the wingman gets uh, gets dinged, that the peacekeeper is making it out unscathed. I don't know, actually. I feel like the peacekeeper is incredibly good in the early game, and sure, when you get a percentage joke, it's pretty freaking good towards the late game as well. But I think once you get armor introduced as well as helmets, and you're dealing with that um, percent uh, reduction on your headshots, I actually feel like it's pretty manageable. Um, so. I, I don't know if they really needs a nerf. Also, people are getting really good at strafing in this game. I've been finding out more and more. Um, the movement speed's pretty pretty efficient if you just want to just jump back left and right when they start using a Peacekeeper, and after two shots, you just charge them with an SMG, and usually you can win that fight against Peacekeeper. Um, so I think I wouldn't mind seeing a surgical nerf to the Peacekeeper. Uh, either A, in the early game, being a little bit weaker, and maybe it feels stronger when you get that precision choke. Uh, but I, I think the, the main culprit that just needs to be taken away is that weak man. Uh, I think once you identify someone who has that shotgun that can just take you out quickly in the late game, as long as you have your armor available and you have an SMG and you know they've missed one shot, typically you can win the fight. I, I could be wrong, but it, it's been feeling like people are getting better at dealing with that one shot pump that's coming from that. I, I agree. I also think uh, you know the big culprit right now is probably the combination of both the wingman yeah. with the peacekeeper. So the wingman is just this solid Swiss Army knife, and you know if you if you somehow do run out of bullets, you can switch switch to your peacekeeper. Yeah, and that's actually probably true, too. It probably goes into my armor thought as well. If you can just break down their armor 
with your wingman and then there's your six shots if you haven't gotten extended mag and switch up peacekeeper like you were saying yeah it's an easy cleanup right no armor is a one shot on the peacekeeper yeah um, it's it's definitely the oh good for you weapon across the internet right now yeah, yeah you won congratulations but it actually takes quite a bit of patience over something like the noob cannon as it was known in counter-strike that thing was just bam 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 oh maybe you'll get lucky somewhere in there this thing if you don't frame it up you're gonna miss Sure. And then now you're stuck in a pretty long sort of reload animation with a big kick if you haven't specced it up at all. I, I, it's also I, the other element of like shotguns and BRs. They either are really good or sometimes it is really bad and you get that eight damage and you don't know why. Yeah. You feel like you've lined up the shot. Um, so that could also be another thing too is maybe on land this thing is just annoying all the time uh, if we ever get land mixed in there. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Shotguns are always a weird feeling for me because I, I always feel like they're never quite broken but when they do feel like they f- are broken it's usually just people hit landing the perfect shot <laughs> Kyle do you want to take this moment to uh, please ask everyone to stop yelling at streamers that uh, have no choice but to grab a Mozambique I mean it is the the bottom bottom tier I've seen it skip E and go straight to F tier and here it's the meme tier y- you gotta do what you can also you know Mozambique you know, there's lots of cool ways to make this thing sound A-OK for the couple of seconds you got to hold on to it. I'd be curious to see what they do with it. If anything, this game does need trash. This has yeah. got to be something bad so that you have a sweet firefight with two guys wielding the P-2020. I do like memes. I like when people post pictures on Twitter and it's like a picture of a trash can or a dumpster truck. And they're like, hey, I found another Mozambique. Like, I don't know. That, that makes me laugh. And I enjoy having those memes floating around. So uh, I'm OK with it, you know? You need meme tier. You know, as long as it's it's from a, a shared experience of, of being sad when you're left with this gun and not uh, being mean to streamers who had to, yeah. had to grab one. Had to grab one. I do think that a lot of this is very well designed, though, because some of the guns that have been my handicap are right in the BC area, like the Devotion and the Alternator. Those are great guns if you are having trouble missing because you're just do you have enough in the clip to at least adjust that enough to get some hits in and make some pressure happen, but it shouldn't be amazing. And I like that. Yeah. So if you want to check out these tier lists, we've got links again in the show notes. There's one on Fanbyte, There's one on IGN rank boost. I've got links, to all these things in the show notes. So go check it out. But uh, I take- would like to ask you guys before we move off the weapons uh, and Trixler for you, what is your sort of weapon makeup strategy? Because I've heard, varying degrees of extremes in that you should never have two weapons with the same ammo type or that's okay or where do you land uh for me i'm kind of experimenting a lot i like mixing up uh just because i'm just i'm one of those players that like adjusting on the fly and not being held down to trying to find the perfect combination of two guns like i just want to find two guns hold w and run and then if i get to upgrade i get to upgrade while i'm killing people but if I do currently run any type of combination, I usually run a heavy and a light gun. Usually it's the R99 is my my peacekeeper. That's my second gun that I fall up to for close to mid-range fights. And then usually I get a long-range gun, which is usually like the G7 Scout. Um, I have dabbled with the Spitfire. I think if you get a Spitfire and a heavy gun, it's fine. Just make sure you have a ton of ammo if you can find it. Um, but... I, I think it's okay either way. You just need to you just need to account for what you have. If you're running double heavy, you need to let your teammates know I'm running heavy only. So either you guys run some light ammo guns, or we need to be hunting for loot. Period. Um, so I think just communicate with your team is fine. You can just run whatever you want. Uh, but for me, I typically run a G7 Scout for long range, and then I'm looking for the R301 or the R99 for my second gun, and that's like the perfect loadout for me as a player. 
Yeah, I, 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 I kind of just, I tend to adapt to what I find. You know, I've, I have certainly run double of the same ammo type, but I only choose to do that when I'm just swimming in that type of ammo. Yeah. Uh, I find it's usually pretty safe to go double light ammo because I find my, my teammates always fighting over heavy and shotgun. Yeah, I think it's teammates dependent because like, when you think about it, there's, there's four types of ammo, right? Three if you're not picking up shotguns. Uh, so you're, you should be able to find what you need between all three of you if you're playing the teamwork aspect of the game. Uh, I don't know, but what about you, Kyle? You started this question. What do you think about it? One of my favorite aspects of the team is when we've done that first two firefights, we all just looted like crazy, and there's that quiet moment where I get to go, so what's in your bag? Oh, you have that. Well, what's in your bag? And I throw out some you know, shotgun barrels and some stocks, and they're dropping things, and we're going to sniper. Does anyone want to go sniper? So we then run outside and find a sniper and then spec it up with everything we have. I mean, I am, I am quickly getting on to that R train, as you mentioned, yeah. as well as the hemlock with skills increasing those short fire bursts the g7 scout is becoming more and more appealing over something that's like great like the alternator but does such low damage or as we've mentioned with shotguns you fire and you see a seven float up and you're like oh wow damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, what, what do you guys think about the prowler with the uh modification to make it auto uh that's the only time i ever want to use it i hate it in every other scenario it kicks too much in the three bursts, but when you get that that select fire or the auto select, oh my gosh, it feels amazing in your hands. Yeah, yeah, uh, especially if you find some magazine upgrades, like it's mm. it's great. Uh, but but I have to have the select fire. Like it's the only gun I, I I at the moment in the game that exists that I feel it requires uh, an attachment. Whereas I know everyone wants to talk about the peacekeeper with a precision choke, but that gun is still pretty decent without it yeah uh, whereas i think i find the the prowler i would i put above the mozambique without a select fire i hate it i don't want it get rid of really it. wow yeah. okay. it's personal okay. i don't i don't think anyone, i don't think anyone's gonna agree with me uh if we were writing a tier list here but i i hate the prowler without select fire try running it as like a your close range weapon without the select fire on uh and then just aim for their chest and let it kick up both times it's actually pretty strong in close range i wouldn't do it mid-range or long range without it uh but it's actually it's not too shabby in close range combat okay that's i didn't i didn't think about making the kick work for me but that's okay all right yeah you have to adjust it's, it's very cs go like where you have to adjust based on the the fire but if you do get it close range it can be kind of fun but uh i agree it's one of those games that you try to you try to avoid it if you can if you can get something else yeah i'm, I'm just glad to see the this the g7 scout ending up so high on so many tier lists in the game first came out i'm like guys this gun's great yeah it doesn't hit hard but it's so accurate and the bullets travel yeah. so fast and uh it just keeps landing on top of lists and i'm like oh, i feel vindicated yeah mine mine without tier lists the alternator is just a bummer every time i get it, i'm like halo all right numbers on the top yeah let's oh, whoa, what the hell was i thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you i'm with you <laughs> So, well, rad. Well, uh, again, go check out these tier lists. I got links in the show notes. Amoob.tv slash NRAPEX. Go check it out. All right, well, let's do some Q&A. Took, uh, took some questions off Twitter. You can tweet at us at EnterApex, or we don't have an email set up yet, so just send your emails to amoobtv at gmail.com. Let us know it's for the Apex podcast. 
Anyways, at Temporal Shinobi tweeted us and said, I wish each class of gun had a visible tag, i.e. sniper, SMG, LMG, etc. Do you think this would be a good addition, or do I just need to get good and memorize gun names and classes? Is this intentional in BR games to distinguish good players from less experienced ones? Uh, I think it just might be an element that hasn't been thought of yet. Um, I will say that every single BR that you play, I'm assuming this is his first time ever playing a BR, right? And so it just feels overwhelming, and that's natural. Like it, It's totally okay to feel like there is so much going on, I don't know what's happening. Um, that will get better. Uh, just keep spamming games. That's one of the things about BRs. Is it's very, very spammable, and you'll get to a point where you are identifying certain guns that you like. You'll find a loadout that you enjoy, and you'll be hunting for that loadout. And some days, you might not be able to find it, and you'll find something else, and you'll find that you like that too. Uh, so you'll get to a point where you will memorize gun names and classes, etc. But I don't think your idea is a horrible one, right? It's just a question of like, where does it go? Uh, is it something that's kind of like a small font that is underneath the gun? Um, or is it something that eventually uh, gets just thrown on top of every single gun in terms of next to the magazine, right? Um, I, I, I will say, though, this game does a really good job of taking attachments and just throwing them where they belong. And so you shouldn't ever be in a spot where you feel like you're trying to hunt down some of these attachments. That was a problem that I actually had with PUBG is I never knew which attachments went where sometimes in guns. Uh, so this game kind of takes care of you in that regard. Of If it's going to work, it'll snap on right away. And if it doesn't work, you know that it doesn't work for the future. Um, so just just keep playing and you'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't I don't think it would be a bad thing. I, I still like. I'll still mouse over like an R301. I'm like, what, what the hell is this gun even? I don't even, mm. apparently it's, it's, thank God I have a spreadsheet in front of me. It's a, it's a light ammo assault rifle, but uh, these, these guns don't stick with me because either it's a hot drop and I'm using it because the only thing I find and I die immediately and it's on to the next game or it's a hot drop. It's the only thing I find. I get some kills, but then the game goes on and I get better guns. Like I don't stick with them long enough for them to really leave an impression on me other than the Mozambique because it has hit meme tier of being a shit gun. <laughs> Yeah. I, I actually got a question that kind of ties onto this whole uh, weapon conversation we're having across these two sections. For you, Trixler, how do you do you ever aim from the hip? Is there any guns that you think are better aimed from the hip? Uh, I do it sometimes in close range, probably to a fault, actually, uh, especially with shotguns. I feel like I land the shot perfectly and then I see an eight pop up. So it's probably my fault for not zooming in. Um, I will say most SMGs, I start with aiming from the hip until I get my reticle close enough to where I think I can zoom in, and then I zoom in and finish them off to make sure I land those hits. Um, I I think it's okay to start playing this game where you're firing from the hip, but you will get to a point where ADSing is a way to play. Um, there are moments where if you find out that you're in a 2v1, it's better for you to hip fire because you want to move. You don't want to lose out on your movement speed. So you just drop shops from the hip fire. You occasionally right-click to get a couple of B-liners in, but you just keep moving a lot so you can buy more time for your team to finish up those kills. Uh, so I think it's about just knowing where you're at and knowing where your opponents are at and then where you can get rid of movement speed for accuracy in exchange. Um, so I think for the most part, long range, medium range, always try to ADS if you can. Short range, you can finagle with it and figure it out, especially with shotguns. And since I had to learn that one this week, aim down sights yeah, for anyone ADS. not in the know. <laughs> You sweet summer child. <laughs> so, we'll get you learned up. We'll figure it out. It's been, it, it's been such a treat. I'm so glad I finally, you're finally in a BR, Kyle. I was trying for a while. Oh, dude. I was trying and failing. I'm going to say this at nauseum, but man, I just haven't had a good shooter since, you know, Halo 2 for me. It's, sure. it's been so fresh. And every other shooter, even Overwatch or uh, uh, 
uh, Left 4 Dead was its own thing, but uh, Team Fortress. There were all these ways that I had to, I avoided getting good because of the systems available to me. Uh, Torbjorn has a turret. Okay, cool. All my friends are amazing. I'll be the turret guy or I'll be Mercy. I'm good at hide. I played Skyrim. I'll hide here, you know, from behind a little wall. I'm not going to learn anything. Oh, Diva, I'll, I'll bump them off uh, a cliff. I'll, I'll run around and make zones. There's all these ways in so many games that I've just haven't had to face the facts. And I love that much like Halo game is just saying, shut up and sit down, son, <laughs> and get good. It's the same thing with Dark Souls, right? That's why that game is amazing, because it doesn't give a crap about you. It's not going to let you cheat the game. How are you How are you doing with your aiming as you're having to learn how to play it? Have you tried any tips to get better, or are you just kind of just going with it right now? I, a lot of it is... I do have some frustrations with the try mode because there are no attachments in there, and sure. I felt like that's really limiting my ability to get good at the scope. For instance, I learned this week that the little numbers on the longbow are a five is the 500, right? Mm. And if you ping them, then you might get an idea of the distance and then you can then set it to the number. So you have the arc and learning something like that helps in those environments. Uh, Something that's helped a lot with the uh, devotion or even the alternator is if I walk backwards and I move my mouse down at the same time, I can kind of, withstand the kick and keep it within a range sure but i'm moving slow backwards i'm aiming down sights at the same time i'm an exposed target if i'm using that but it's helped me to get that aim on really it's just been spamming games and sleep honestly like there's only so much you can learn in a day then you go to sleep you wake up the next day and now you've solidified that skill a bit so you mostly have issues with uh drop distance and whatnot not actual tracking which is like aiming next to you while you're moving right and the game okay. is pretty good at that i don't feel yeah. like i have to lead targets too much in close range and there's no it's a thing fortnite has uh which i never played but I'm, I'm aware of the concept where it's a registry where if you aim at the target and then they move you've already registered the hit so yeah, you're hit always register. yeah so you're always aiming at the target and i really like the fact that you lead in this game even a little bit in the short range and that's not too difficult Awesome. Yeah, you'll get it. Just keep playing out. Yeah. The only other thing I'm working on is aiming slightly higher. You know, I, I'm when you play campaigns, you shoot dudes in the chest all the time and they go, oh, oh no, my chest, my vital organs. And in this game, shields, uh, headshots are a little more important. That it is. Uh, I also saw this tweet and I, I can't remember who tweeted it at us, but someone was talking about and I've seen the sentiment all over the place. So I figured why not throw it in here? You know, why was this game released so close to Anthem? Let's let's have a little industry talk. Uh, I'm sure EA was like, oh, you got a BR, another one. Sure. Just throw it wherever you want. We got Anthem <laughs> coming out and that's going to be the one that everyone's playing. And then it just wound up blowing up, which is good for EA, right? Because now suddenly the Origin launcher, which, by the way, I'm just not a fan of whatsoever, but the Origin launcher now gets more hits, which means more games are being bought into. I mean, Titanfall 2, I think even Star Wars Battlefront 2 had a bit of an uptick for many people playing, because if you actually get the uh, premium access, you get access to all those games. Uh, so I think it's a win for EA, uh, but it definitely it definitely uh, took some wind out from the sales of Anthem, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Anthem seems to have real, real mixed mixed feelings all across the board but I, I see a lot of people really digging it and uh you know plenty of other people being like it's a little a little rough but yeah i i see it as a as a as a plus because y'all remember when freaking sim city came out and everyone hating on that game and origin because i feel like that was the first big surge of being forced to install origin and it everyone hated it that's all anyone wanted to talk about was what a, what a joke this this game service was and i'm with you trixler it's 
not really any better. But uh, I'm also not. Issues, I'm also not. One of the issues. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say my my closing statement on that point was just I, I'm also not really seeing a lot of people complain about it. Everyone's just talking about how great this game is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that my main issue with the origin is that the launcher itself, if you leave it open for more than 24 hours, it starts to eat RAM. Uh, and then it gets to a point where it's actually lagging to where you can't even talk to friends on the server. And it's like the whole point of having a launcher is to being able to interact with the people that you want to play video games with. Uh, so that's why I'm not a fan of it. Also, it takes years to download games, which is really weird to me. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I get why companies are trying to force people to download more launchers. You got the Epic launcher now, Steam launcher. They want a, they want a, a piece of that big pie that Steam has. Yeah, uh, so I can't fault them too much. And they're all also going this Netflix route, like you said. They all offer their mm. premium subscription, and we get you access to all their games anyway. Uh, you know, to uh, me, the Xbox Game Pass was the first one I played around with, and I, I I really like it, and I like it here with Origin. I I haven't I've been playing Anthem. I didn't buy it. I've just been subscribed. Well, there you go. Yeah. If we were to imagine though that they're mad geniuses, the Anthem beta did get us all to install Origin, and then. You know, we're not we're not too speedy on removing stuff as long as you got the space for it. So it was already there. Okay, well, Apex comes out day one. Oh, I've already had this installed. How excellent. Yeah, although I gotta say with 25 million players, I'm not sure how much Anthem played a played a role in that. Like, no, it, it, it is it is weird kind of sitting here and seeing the Anthem live action movie trailer thing. Didn't explain anything. And then all the <laughs> Anthem advertisements, and it's just sort of Sitting there at the moment. You know, if you love Destiny, you're going to be impressed by Anthem. But if you're a Bioware fan, you're going to be a little uh, a little sad, a little lost, I think. Uh, to be honest, I kind of hope AAA titles start doing this more often than what Apex did. Where just, they just drop a title and say, here yeah. you go. I mean, word of mouth can be such a powerful thing. And if you don't build up people's hype, hype will naturally be generated for you if you have a good game, if you believe in your title. And something like Diablo, right? Instead of having that Diablo Immortal announcement at BlizzCon or whatever, just launching Diablo Immortal could have been something better for Blizzard. So I hope more folks that have the ability to just drop a title and know that they have the audience already there does it more often. Because this was such a pleasant surprise, and I think it's part of the reason why Apex is so successful, because we didn't have any lead-up to it. We had a leak that was two days beforehand, and then the game was here. And that was it. And, and now everyone's on top of it. Yeah, I'm feeling a little used at this point, you know? Yeah, true. You've, you've alphaed and betaed me so many times. It's not someone's job, perhaps. Am I doing QA for you now at this point? Like every game we sort of have this long tail on and oh, here it comes. Did you play? Well, I play it, but it wasn't done yet. Just impress us. Blow our minds a little bit. Just put your damn Agreed. game out. <laughs> just put it out and make sure it's good i love know? that you mentioned diablo immortal trickster because i was at a, a, a wedding that was populated entirely by the nerdiest human beings i know this past weekend uh, congratulations jocelyn and matt um and we got, we got into the conversation of diablo immortal and all the shit happening at blizzard came up and i i said that i was like you know like because everyone's like if they had just shown diablo 4 like logo it would have made it go down so much easier yeah. and i'm like yes or they should have just been like, and it's already out on your phones, Diablo Immortal. That's the only way that game lands nicely. It's like, you can download it right now. And clearly, they weren't, it wasn't ready. But then just don't announce it because it's BlizzCon and no one gives a shit about your mobile game. 
I think Blizzard's just a little bit slow. I mean, this is a totally different topic, and we can totally cut off if we want to. But I think Blizzard's just kind of a little slow on how um, the gaming market is working now. Uh, and, and they're just used to these big, grand reveals and getting everyone excited because it's always worked out for them. But the landscape has changed dramatically when it comes to games nowadays. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I so think it, it, they're trying to keep up. Yeah. I mean, it ties into Apex because the, the other point, too, that I've been, I've been thinking about with this surprise announcement, which is hilarious because, like, I don't know, before the age of content creators and whatnot this is just how games work they just came out you played them and there you go mm-hmm. um you know maybe you read a, read a magazine or, or or ign or something for a review but uh w- what's interesting is is kind of going back to to what apex did here and, and just releasing is it, it doesn't have that lead it, there's there's no opportunity for that lead up period of all of the naysaying of all of the comparing the and you know this game would have had so Many clickbait YouTube videos out there is just like another Fortnite question mark. Can yeah. it really hang with the big dogs? I can see the titles now in bold impact font with the same YouTube thumbnails you used to sing. And uh, by just releasing it, you just get out ahead of all of that. The game gets to stand on its own its own merits and uh, and impress, which is what it, I'm really happy we've moved away from the ABC Disney event style releases. Those were painful when all the devs were up on stage and they have some host being like, we can't wait. Here comes the cosplay. And it's just ooh, like just this release where they just go just put it in good people's hands. You know, it's like sure. People can talk. Oh, they were paid. They went into a beta early. So they got good ahead of time. Like, I don't care. As long as we are cutting out that really awkward middle man. And then they'd show all the good jokes in the upcoming Disney movie anyway. And you go see it. You already seen half the movie. <laughs> Not, not the most perfect analogy, but I'm with you. But well, no, there there was uh, the the Diablo three release party was too long and really awkward, and it, it is burned in my brain. Chris Metzen coming out and being like, "Take it slow, guys. Enjoy the game." And I'm like, "It's short." He said, "It's short. Like, the game is too short." That's what they just revealed. And, and it was, <laughs> the, the story made it was like a, a biblical play, and it was over in a day. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very on board with how this was marketed as well. Uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of people have been like, "Oh, they paid streamers," and like, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty shrewd, but it also it worked, and it still had to stand on the on the back of this game actually working because all those streamers were playing on the live game. Like, it had to be a good game. It had to actually work. It couldn't have day one bugs, and yeah, they, it wasn't 100 percent perfect. But compared to EA's other game Anthem, which I am still having bugs in days after its early release. Uh, it's 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 an amazing achievement in what they pulled off with launching this game. So Agreed. good on you. Apex with everything, Legends. I got nothing extra. Agreed. <laughs> so I think it's a good place to end it. Again, keep tweeting at us at Enter Apex or email us amovetv at gmail.com if you have questions for future episodes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Enter Apex. You can also follow Trixler at Trixler. Kyle's over at Kyle Ferguson. You can find me at Garrett Art. But where else can everyone find you, Trixler? Uh, mostly just on my Twitch. It's what I'm focused on nowadays, trying to do full-time variety streaming. So if you want to check that out, twitch.tv slash Trixler. Uh, we stream everything. Resident Evil, lately a lot of Apex, uh, sometimes puzzle games, indie games, whatever you're into. Let me know. We'll play it. That's about it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on. Kyle, what about you, dude? Where can everybody find you streaming Heroes and Apex Legends? Oh, uh, yeah. I added a Apex Legends stream on Sundays over at twitch.tv slash Kyle Ferguson. I also changed my origin name. It hadn't been updated since uh, 2012. Wait, we can do that? Yeah, yeah. I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Was, you know, it was one of those names where you're like, 
I'm playing Mass Effect 3. What the hell do you want from me? Yeah. Enter. <laughs> gotcha. No more XX420, Kyle. XX420. Yeah, you got to grow up sometime, you know? <laughs> Blaze it 420. Uh, yep. Got to do it. There's some names in here. Oh, my God. Origin, what are you doing? How do you not have some of these 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 names banned? They need a filter. <laughs> they need a filter, <laughs> please. Fun. Please. Although, at the moment, I am finding it extremely amusing. It's reminding me of the early days of, like, 56k modem uh, half-life one mod counter-strike play wonderful love it uh you can find me on uh, amove.tv that's where this show is that's where all the other shows are go check them out that's all i have to say that's gonna wrap it up for this episode thanks again to trixler for joining us we'll see you next week but until then good luck and have fun take care